So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Jets podcast on 247sports.com. Along with Rick Lachlan, I'm Daniel Feuerstein. We are recapping this round of free agency frenzy by the New York Jets as they were able to procure some solid pickups. We already know who the big, nut, the big man on campus was that was going to be grabbed by the Jets, and that is, of course, Le'Veon Bell, who was able to sign a deal with the Jets as they went out there and got him in a big splash. And so far, that's been the talk of this entire free agency uh, period, Rick, is how the Jets were, were able to wait out and bring over Le'Veon Bell to green and white, and he finally signed that contract over at the offices of Florham Park. That's a great signing for the Jets. And it's a signing that had been rumored, it seemed, throughout the entire 2018 season, with the Jets, of course, only winning three football games, looking towards this offseason with so much anticipation, particularly the free agency period. Le'Veon Bell had been linked to the Jets. There were some interesting stories about how Antonio Brown, who was recently traded to the Oakland Raiders, tried to recruit Le'Veon Bell to join him in Oakland. There Even uh, Le'Veon Bell revealed that during the season, of course, uh, prior to the Steelers' Week 11 game, he had contemplated coming back and thought maybe he could make an impact with the Steelers at the time that were in turmoil, the fighting between Big Ben and Antonio Brown. We ultimately know that they ended up missing out on the playoffs, but Bell basically said he didn't want to risk coming back and playing, suffering any type of debilitating injury that could affect his free agent status, as well as he didn't know how the, the locker room – in Pittsburgh would receive him. Would they welcome him back with open arms? Would he be chastised for sitting out for 10 games? So in the end, he decided to sit out the full season, which he said his body has never felt better. The issue that you and I raised, Daniel, about some concern about rust, I think, you know, to me, the really positive sign I saw is that and uh, Le'Veon Bell was talking about the OTA period. He's going to be reporting for OTAs. He's going to be at, at a lot of these practices, scrimmages, etc., which tells me that he is all in, that he wants to get into football shape. He's playing with a chip on his shoulder, and he revealed, which I thought was interesting, is that he grew up a Curtis Martin fan. He, he followed the Jets very closely. His family, he said he grew up in a household with family, extended family, who were all Steeler fans, and they were thrilled that he went to Pittsburgh, and he said, you know, he's changing and turning the page from that era in Pittsburgh. But he always felt like he was the black sheep of the family because he rooted for the Jets. He loved Curtis Martin and his patient running style. And a lot of how Le'Veon Bell runs, which we mentioned about surveying the line of scrimmage, he's very patient when he makes his cuts. He learned a lot of that from Curtis Martin. So I think he's happy to be back with the green and white. And frankly, I said it from the start of free agency. If they can get him for the right price, absolutely sign him, and I think the Jets got a hell of a bargain when they got Le'Veon Bell for $52.5 million. Absolutely, and once again, I right now, that's money well 
worth spending. And so far, they got their man. Here's some other players that the Jets have signed. Josh Bellamy, wide receiver, two-year uh, contract worth $7 million. And that includes a $2.75 million guaranteed. Uh, that's a uh, guaranteed signing. Um, that was by Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. And then, of course, uh, Chandler Canizero comes back as the Jets kicker, as the Jets uh, let go of uh, Jason Myers, um, which is not really a loss. Kickers for a kicker, it's not a big deal. I don't see it as a big loss, whatever. We already know about James Crowder, who signed a three-year deal with $20.5 million, $17 million fully guaranteed at the signing. C.J. Mosley, originally from the Baltimore Ravens, the linebacker, signed a five-year, $85 million deal with a $51 million guaranteed once again, that's from uh, Ian Rappaport. Uh, but so far, Rick, what we have seen from Mike McCagnan right now in this free agency period is that not only is he giving great deals to these players, but it's team-friendly because even though he's giving guaranteed money to some of them, the guaranteed money is not a lot. And I believe that is absolutely a great way of making sure you have these players for the long haul. And if you want to make sure that, you know, you get enough out of them, then you give them, you know, upfront the guaranteed money. And then, you know, look, if they don't pan out in their third year or fourth year, you've got the right to cut them. So in my view right now for the Jets and Mike McCagnan, shrewd moves in the free agency period. No question. And again, for the Jets, you and I are going to have to disagree on this because I do think losing Jason Myers, a guy that converted nearly 92% of field goals last year, and bringing in Chandler Canizero, who the Jets really know what type of kicker he is, for a team that's going to be in the hunt, that possibly hunting for a wild card spot and at least chasing 500 to be in the mix in December, to have that luxury of a solid and reliable field goal kicker is one that you really don't appreciate until he's gone. I think Jason Myers had a fantastic year for the New York Jets last season. And, look, I know the argument's going to be made that field goal kickers are like relief pitchers in baseball, that year to year you don't know what's going to happen. They can be great one year. They can be terrible one year. There's a lot of variation. So I understand that. But – the fact that the Jets lost a Pro Bowl special team kicker in Jason Myers, they lost a Pro Bowl special return man in Andre Roberts, you just got to hope that uh, somebody steps up, this Chandler Canizero ends up panning out, because, again, special teams, I know it's often an overlooked part of the NFL, but it's certainly critical to the Jets' success. So that those are my thoughts on the special team side of things. As far as C.J. Mosley is concerned, and look, he fills a major lead uh, a major hole, I should say, on the inside of that linebacking corps alongside Avery Williamson. You have two guys that can command the huddle, and Mosley was regarded as arguably, if not the premier inside linebacker in the NFL with the Baltimore Ravens. So he's the type of leader the Jets need at 26 years of age. He still has tons of good football ahead of him, so I was very much a big fan of that signing. And one of the, the signings that wasn't mentioned, Brian Poole, cornerback, from the Atlanta Falcons, 
you know, with the Jets losing Buster Screen to free agency, I believe he signed with the Chicago Bears. They had a need yes, for a nickelback. You, you, of course, have Perry Nickerson who can fill that role as well. But we've seen any time in this division when you have uh, Tom Brady on the other side, you have Josh Allen in Buffalo, of course, is more of a run-first quarterback. And by God, Daniel, Ryan Fitzpatrick playing for now three teams in the AFC East in his career, signing with Miami Dolphins. You know, when you have, uh, particularly with the Patriots, a Hall of Fame quarterback that you have to try to stop, you can't have too many defensive backs to try to account for that. So I thought that was a under-the-radar type of signing to fill in for a guy like Buster Screen. And overall, like we said, Daniel, because of the player, the team-friendly deals that a lot of these players got, I would give general manager Mike McCagnan, I would give him a solid A for this offseason. And, again, if the Anthony Barr fiasco didn't happen, I'd be looking at an A++. But if you're a Jet fan, you should be happier than uh, a pig in mud right now because the Jets got everything they asked for and more by, by getting Le'Veon Bell at a bargain price and being able to fill out the rest of the holes on this roster on both sides of the ball. Absolutely, Rick. And I actually, I'll up, I'll move my grades from an A minus to an to an A myself. Uh, McCagnan absolutely did everything right in the free agency uh, period. He was the one that was able to uh, get Le'Veon Bell at a discounted price. And you know what else, Rick? Let me say this too. Um, the whole Andre Roberts situation, you really cannot poo-poo the special teams. You need somebody to go out there and be that X factor on kickoff returns, punt returns. Okay, if you don't want um, Andre to do punt returns anymore, at least you keep him for kickoff returns. Yet, they didn't bother signing him. They didn't bother to contact him. And it feels like, dare I say it, Brad Smith all over again, you know, after what happened. So it's just one of those moments where for the Jets that you have to say that while there is some good, there's also some bad. And that's one of them. In, you know, in your eyes, the Jason Myers kicker, you know, now he's with the Seahawks in Seattle. I can understand that. But still, though, um, you know, losing Andre Roberts as a dynamic kickoff return, punt returner, that's a big loss in my opinion. Yeah, and again, we mentioned before the top of the show, Daniel, the the Jets just added Tom Compton to their offensive line. He, of course, is in his seventh year, started 14 games at left guard for the Vikings. But, again, he's played multiple positions, could potentially uh, go at right guard or right tackle, so not center. They still have not addressed the center position. Uh, but, again, a guy like Andre Roberts, who was outstanding, the only factor working against him was age at 30 years of age. I guess like the Jets felt that uh, they caught lightning in a bottle for one year and didn't want a long-term agreement with a guy that was on the other side of 30, which, you know, again, for them not to even extend a contract offer of any sorts, even uh, even a low-ball offer is better than no offer. Um, I think that would have made Jet fans feel a lot better about that. So, again, you would just hope that all the good things that Brant Boyer has done, of course, under the old regime with Todd Bowles and now under Adam Gase, that he would be able to reconjure some of that magic and plug and pull different guys in different positions and let them have at least some similar success this year. So you hope that it's, uh, in that case with the special teams, it's the scheme over the player. We'll have to wait and see. But, again, Daniel, I mean, this is a Jets team that has gone to great lengths to try to improve the offensive line. You sign the premier running back in the NFL, 
and a guy that can help you in the rushing game, can help you in the passing game, grew up a Jet fan and admirer of Curtis Martin. I can't think of a better partnership and a better place for him to be than in New York, especially with a chip on his shoulder after all the negativity, all of the criticism that went his way for sitting out last year with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it was to no avail. You know, he tried to bet on himself, tried to maximize the value of his open, open market contract and came back to bite him. But look, Le'Veon Bell, he's going to be paid handsomely. He's going to be one of the top. His deal at $13.5 million per season is just under Todd Gurley's 14.3 that he receives. So not too shabby to be the second highest paid running back in the NFL. Now he's got to go out there and prove it. The Jets have to get this offensive line combination together. And as we mentioned, Daniel, the Jets now have gone through how many five-win, four-win, three-win seasons waiting and hoping and wishing and praying for this rebuild to finally turn a corner. And here we are with Sam Darnold at the helm, Le'Veon Bell at running back, and some talented players in Chris Herndon, Robbie Anderson, Quincy Anunua. They look to have a legitimate offense that has the makings of a team that instead of being the bottom third of the NFL every year could be a top 10 or at the very worst a top 15 offense to to provide some excitement. So it's been a long time coming for Jet fans. I'm not going to go out on the branch and say they're going to be a playoff team. I think at the very least the expectation for Jet fans is Sam Darnold takes that next step. The Jets get to around or above 500, and they're at least in the playoff mix in Week 16 and Week 17. No, I agree with you there, Rick. I mean, right now we cannot predict that they're going to be a playoff team. I think right now you're aiming for at least eight or nine wins, knowing certain uh, sports radio station hosts in New York, uh, they're expecting the Jets to become, uh, you know, a playoff team, whether not in the division, but at least a wild card. If they ever do become a wild card team this year, I think right now that's a big achievement, but it all depends on how they're going to, uh, you know, perform in that wild card game. That's the big question mark. Until then, look, we're still in the off season right now. Uh, there's still probably another wave of free agency coming about in the NFL. But the truth is, is this, is that for the New York Jets right now, it's not a bad thing to see uh, Le'Veon Bell wearing green and white for the New York Jets as they move on and, uh, you know, from some players. But they have not moved on from some players. And one of those players is Henry Anderson. Henry Anderson right now has re-signed with the Jets on a three-year deal, $25.2 million. And that is one player on defense the Jets wanted to keep since they brought him over from Indianapolis last year. Certainly. And, again, this is a Jets squad that, you know, I look at how things are on paper, which can, of course, be different once training camp opens. You have to, you know, the main concern I have, and I think they have the pieces offensively, Adam Gase has shown, and I don't think he got as much credit as he probably deserved in Miami. You see what the Miami Dolphins are doing. It reminds me of the Jets circa 2005 till 2017, where just year in and year out, the quarterback carousel, Ryan Tannehill, of course, uh, signing outside the division. You bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, a stopgap option at best. There's no clear plan at quarterback. And Adam Gase had to deal with all that dysfunction. Mike Tannenbaum in that front office, there was no sort of continuity in the offensive side of the ball. 
and, you know, with a few playmakers, Kenyon Drake, a couple of other guys that can make some plays, he, he made the Miami Dolphins into a very respectable offensive team that, frankly, given the talent that they had and the lack of chemistry at times, he did a fantastic job. So I want to see – I'm still not sold on Dow Logan's as the offense coordinator. He has – really kind of like Jeremy Bakes, a checkered past as far as a play caller is concerned. But we know that Adam Gase is probably going to call the plays. Dow Logan is going to oversee the offensive practices, which if that's the arrangement that Adam Gase wants to go with, I guess you're going to have to trust his hiring process. But nonetheless, the Jets have made some of the necessary moves to get this team back in a playoff contention. I'd like to see a move or two along the offensive line, particularly the center position to help fortify things. And that may happen via the draft, although, as I mentioned uh, last night on the Fox Sports Radio show, that I really feel that the Jets are going to go either with a guy in outside linebacker out of Kentucky, Joshua Allen, or you could see a a defensive end. They could go with a rush edge because they need some speed on the edges because Greg Williams is as aggressive a defense coordinator as you're going to find league-wide. And I do want to bring this up, Daniel. I want to get your thoughts on this. Vontez Burkick, who has the reputation as the dirtiest player in the NFL. I mean, just look at his Wikipedia page. Go through the history of his fines, his suspensions, the, the fights he's had with his fellow players. I personally think the Jets should try to take a flyer on a guy like that that still is a productive player, even though he has a, has some character issues. Do you think the Jets would try to take a flyer on a guy like Vontez Burkvik that would instantly, I think, impact and improve the defense under Greg Williams? You know, um, we all know what type of players Greg Williams wants. And to be honest, Vontez Burkvik would be perfect for Greg Williams. Now, does that mean that he'll be coming to the Jets? I don't know. Because once again... You know, when you talk about a player like Ndamukong Sue who can go over the line, Vontez Burfecht has been known to go over the line. Uh, do we want to see a player like that on the New York Jets? Uh, some will say yes, and some will say no. I'm kind of like in between at the moment because normally I wouldn't want a player who's dirty, uh, you know, to in- intentionally injure others on the field, like Ndamukong Sue has done in the past. Still, though, if this means you're going to have to go out there and take on a team like the Patriots where you have to face them two times a year, every year now, then by, I mean, look, if it does happen, so be it. If it doesn't happen, move on and try and find somebody else. But to be fair, Vontez Perfect would be a solid acquisition on any team on defense in the National Football League. Uh, going on, Neville, talking about players who have resigned with the Jets, Neville Hewitt has resigned, the, the linebacker. The terms of the deal have not been uh, laid out. We've already said Tom Compton from uh, Minnesota Vikings is now a member of the Jets, on a member of the offensive line and can play center at times. Um, and because of the Le'Veon Bell signing by the New York Jets, that means there had to be a subtraction, and that was Isaiah Crowell. In only uh, one year in his multi-year deal, Crowell no longer a member of the New York Jets. And the truth is, Bell is actually better than Crowell. And uh, as I guess, uh, um, one second, there we go. Uh, I guess Rick Lachlan right now is uh, having some issues with his uh, phone. 
I'm here. <coughs> Excuse me, sir. Oh, there you are. Good, good, good. Go ahead, Rick. I was talking about Crowell being released by the Jets since they brought over Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, yeah. I had said, I think, in the midst of last season, we had said how Isaiah Crowell, you know, he had that 200-plus, I believe it was against the Denver Broncos, looked like an unstoppable force, and then he would rush for 25 yards the next week. So, too much of a feast or famine player. He, of course, had that pretty, uh, which people thought was distasteful, where he's wiping his backside and the loss on Thursday night football to the Cleveland Browns. He, he's a guy that's had somewhat of a checkered past, of course. He published that photo, I believe it was on Instagram, of the police officer where he was getting his throat cut. So this is a guy that has had character issues in the past, has been a distraction to the team, and frankly, he's had some terrific games, and he's had a heck of a lot of clunkers as well. And bringing on Levy and Bell, th- this is not going to be a running back by committee approach. I'm not going to say the Jets are going to want to run this guy into the ground because, of course, you're counting on possibly Bilal Powell to step into the mix. You know, again, you have a guy like Elijah McGuire, Trenton Cannon. The Jets, to some degree, are going to have a running attack by committee. But with Le'Veon Bell's versatility, using him, spreading him out wide in the shotgun, he can block well, he can do everything and anything – when you do, when you choose not to have him on the field, you're eliminating a major weapon, even if he's a decoy on any given play. So, again, for me, I think Isaiah Crowell is probably addition by subtraction, and the Jets would be much better off. You know, Bilal Powell, of course, that injury he suffered to his neck first looked to be career-threatening. Then they said he would be back no problem this year, which was a major relief. So if they do get him back in any capacity, they have the luxury of having a bell cow running back and giving him probably the lion's share of the carries, and you can sprinkle in Bilal Powell until he gets healthy. You can have some Trenton Cannon to give you some straight-line speed and Elijah McGuire with, this, with the shiftiness. So the Jets have very quietly, when you look at all these names that are assembled in that backfield, I challenge you to find league-wide a more talented and more diverse group of running backs than the Jets have currently on the roster. Absolutely, and you know what, Rick? That's the one thing right now that I believe you can have Bell as a good blocking running back on third down. I would like to see actually Bell and Powell, uh, and we all know Blau Powell is also a free agent currently, but he hasn't been resigned. He hasn't been let go either, or he hasn't gone anywhere yet. Um, I think the Jets are going to resign him because I think they're going to keep Powell and use him also as a third down back, but more as a blocking back and using the. Uh, shall we say, the expertise of Le'Veon Bell as a pass-catching running back at the same time to make big plays. So I expect Powell to be a blocking running back, and you can still use uh, Le'Veon Bell as a uh, pass-catching running back uh, when you need someone to help Darnold on uh, basically a short yardage play to at least get a first down or to be very dynamic, as we've already said many, many times. So uh, I see Powell remaining with the Jets because I don't think Melage McGuire is fully ready yet. And besides, Powell has to prove to the other NFL teams that he still has it because he did miss the rest of the season with that neck injury, that, that disc sprain in his neck. Yeah, and again, I think that Bilal Powell, he's going to be welcomed back with open arms to the New York Jets. He can be a guy that is dynamic. You never know how these guys bounce back, especially – from a particularly serious neck injury. You know, I think that when we saw Quincy Anunua, who remember preseason game, when you saw him, 
he looked as spry and as fast as ever, which is very unusual given a guy just coming off of neck surgery, back issues. For that to happen is few and far between. So you, you only hope the best for Bilal Powell, that he can get back to the level that he was before the injury. But the Jets hurt in signing Bell. They drafted well by, of course, getting Elijah McGuire, Trenton Cannon as insurance policies. And I think they're set up very well to be versatile under Adam Gase, which, again, he's got a lot of weapons to play with. He's got a franchise quarterback that he's excited about having. And, again, it's, it's one of these situations where the excuses are going to start to run out. We've heard year in and year out, 20, 2012 through really last year, the, Jet, the Jets didn't have enough talent. They haven't drafted well. They haven't acquired any free agent pieces. The free agents they have acquired, like look at Darrell Rebus, had such a hefty contract that it hamstrung them from signing other players. Those days are gone. The Jets now have a franchise quarterback. They have a franchise running back. They have talent at wide receiver. They have a young tight end in Chris Herndon who's emerging as potentially a star player. So all of these personnel pieces are coming together. Now the onus is going to fall on the coaching staff and, and Mike McCagnan to finish out this free agency period strong and, and the draft, of course, by re- recruiting additional talent. But we're starting to see that the talent has come. Everyone's arrived in New York, and this really now boils down to the chemistry, the camaraderie, and the coaching staff putting the players in the best position to succeed. Absolutely. Now, here's some, some information that just came uh, you know along to me. And apparently... It sounds like the Denver Broncos are interested in possibly bringing over Darren Lee from the Jets. Now, this is from Fan Sided uh, by Sayer Benninger, Bedinger, Bedinger, um, that the Denver Broncos, and we all know that Darren Lee is not a free agent. We all know that. But it sounds like the Broncos are going to try and possibly entice the Jets in the trade to bring Darren Lee over to the Denver Broncos. Now, I don't know if the Jets are going to entertain that, maybe yes, maybe no, I'm not sure. But once again, this is just a trade possibility uh, on the Broncos' side of things. Will it happen? I really, really don't know. But at the moment, you have to throw out the possibility that the Jets could move on from Darren Lee uh, you know, in a big deal, depending on what the Broncos are asking for. Because if the Broncos are going to sacrifice picks in this current draft, then, you know, the Jets can reclaim some of the draft choices that they've lost to the Colts when they traded up for Sam Darnold. Yeah, and look, again, I I think that if the Jets can make a move for Darren Lee, if they can get a third or fourth round draft pick, if they make a trade with the Broncos and perhaps even acquire an offensive lineman, I think they should absolutely do it. I mean, you look at Greg Williams' system – he likes to have big physical linebackers, and Darren Lee just doesn't fit that mold. I mean, he really doesn't play the run well. He's 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 terrific at chasing down ball carriers. He can get to the edge. He does have some speed, and I think he'd work well with that in that uh, Broncos system because again, you look at Von Miller, Bradley Chubb. They like speed rushers, and Darren Lee is really kind of a one-trick pony in that regard that he's not, to me, at this point in his career, an every-down linebacker. And if the Jets can get any type of value back for him, uh, I would absolutely do that in a heartbeat, especially if the Broncos are willing to part with a mid-round draft choice that the Jets, of course, did lose. I believe it was a couple of second-round draft picks to the Colts when they traded up from number six to number three overall to get him. 
it's funny because you mentioned that fan side of report. There was a report, uh, and I believe it was an SB Nation. I could be mistaken, but in any case, how the Buffalo Bills were absolutely outraged when they found out that the Jets were trading up with the Colts to get Sam Darnold number three overall because they had their sights set on Sam Darnold. So that tells you um, how highly regarded that quarterback was. You know, that that at least is evidence that Sam Darnold is the real deal and is showing that so far in New York. But as far as the Darren Lee situation is concerned, I'm not saying he's a bust at this point in his career. I just think he would be better suited in a different environment, different system altogether. If the Jets can cut their ties soon enough, they can maximize the, the trade return value because I'm not going to compare him to Odell Beckham Jr. He's not a superstar player, but we saw what the Giants did. They were lucky to even get what they did get for Odell Beckham Jr. because they waited far too long to move on from him. They really did, Rick, and sadly uh, for the Giants, if you want to look at their position, um, they basically uh, put themselves in a poor position and they should have te- they should have dealt with him a lot better. But that's not the Jets' problem right now. The Jets' problem right now is what will be next? Who is next on the free agency market? Who might they lose on the free agency market? But at the same time, who are they going to look at and draft in 2019 down in Nashville, Tennessee? That is the big question. April is coming very, very soon. We just passed St. Patrick's Day this past Sunday. Now, we got to look at who is going to be dropping in the number three spot in the first round of the 2019 NFL Draft. Because I will quickly say this. If Bart Scott of WFAN and SNY's Jets postgame show does say, because of the moves that the Niners have made in getting pass rushers, there's a possibility that for Mike McCagnan and the Jets, there's a possibility that Kevin Bosa could be landing in their laps at three. We're, we're not sure what's going to happen. We'll leave it alone at that. But one thing is for sure, Rick, the Jets could get lucky again in having a player drop in their laps at the number three position in the first round of the 2019 NFL Draft. This could be amazing. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this will do it for the Jets podcast on 247sports.com. The New York Jets in the 2019 free agency period have basically done it again. They have found great players. They've lost some players. We've agreed and disagreed on some of these decisions. But one thing's for sure, 2019 should be exciting when we get to the regular season in September. For Rick Lachlan, I'm Daniel Foyer. This has been the Jets Podcast on 247sports.com through blogtalkradio.com. We will talk to you in the month of April to preview the 2019 NFL Draft. Talk to you next time. Take care, and bye-bye for now.